Welcome to What's On Your Mind. I'm Peter and today I give you somebody from the US. He is actually the person who inspired me to start this podcast because he invited me to his podcast and it was actually the very first podcast that I've been to. And after that experience, I said to myself, hmm, this sounds amazing. I want to do it myself. So I give you Sean Osborne and we talk about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, one of his favorite books. Now, Sean, his story is very, very unique. He was 15, his girlfriend was pregnant, he was taking drugs and he was a school dropout. And when he was 30, he was a multimillionaire. Enjoy the conversation. Bye-bye. Welcome to What's On Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. All right. Mr. Sean, good afternoon for you. Hey, nice to, nice to be here, Peter. It's, it's been a while. We've been trying it's, to get this set up. <laughs> actually, I remember it was just before the, the lockdown in Belgium, which started around the 13th of March. It was just before that time, I believe, or it was just, we were just in lockdown. It was just yeah. beginning. Yeah, that was the very beginning. Yep. Back and in the, I think it was March timeframe. And we didn't know what happened or is going to happen. We're now uh, in December almost. A lot of a lot a lot of things have changed. I assume. <laughs> yes, yes, they have, and it's yeah. I remember that because that we were, I think, two weeks at least here in the U.S. Two weeks into the pandemic, and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna it's gonna blow over another couple of weeks, and we're gonna be it's gonna be back to normal. <laughs> I I miss 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 uh, judge that one just a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people. You couldn't but, imagine. But the strange thing that that I found is that uh, if I look at, at at television, for instance, or uh, and if I see people standing very close to each other or even hugging, which are non-lovers, now I immediately some feel some kind of resistance. I'm like, oh oh oh, this is uh, this. And this, I found this this behavior change. I think, hmm. I don't it's, think it's going away anytime. Soon. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think that that it's going to feel like that for quite a while. I don't think we're going to go back to normal where it's kiss and hug everybody, and and I, I think it's going to be long term. I think it's going to affect uh, affect really how we operate moving forward. Yeah. But the thing we learned in the in the in those nine months is that uh, we cannot predict the future, but we can create the future. Absolutely. And then we come Absolutely. into one of the best books there are, which actually exploded the complete personal growth um, evolution. I would call it Napoleon Hill: Think and Grow Rich. Um, which was at the time, if I'm correct, uh, Napoleon. Uh, he was not so popular when he published that book. I mean, even his wife divorced from him because she could not stand all the criticism from the press. So he was like hunted like a witch, I was going to call it. So uh, nowadays, Think and Grow Rich is seen as the book of the books. Yeah. but It's the grandfather of of personal development. It absolutely is. And yeah, it's one of those books that, I will read stuff out of it and it it actually resonates more even today than I think it possibly did when he wrote it. 
you know, it, it actually, especially with the pandemic. So there's parts in that, because again, he wrote that and it came right after really the 1918 pandemic. It came after the, the Great Depression in the U.S. And, you know, that's why it was called Think and Grow Rich was, uh, it was actually not called that. That actually came from uh, a subset of, of other books of success. And it should really be called Think and Grow Successful. But because of when it was uh, released, uh, it was thinking grow rich because that's what everyone needed back then. Everyone was worried about money. But wasn't wasn't uh, his biggest book was the Laws of Success? Yes, and that's really kind of the what this came partially from uh, from that. Yeah. So it's. And when did you uh, in your life? When did that book um, meet your part? I'm going to call it. Uh, think and grow rich where, where do you get it get it from a friend were you like 18 years young how did that happen Sean no and that's the funny thing and that's I think that's what one of the reasons why I'm why I'm so uh, passionate about think and grow rich is it didn't come to me until after I was pretty damn successful and so I didn't know about it until after I'd already you know uh, started my own company uh, mm-hmm. I had sold it for millions of dollars uh, and then basically lost everything. But I, but I was given the book by one of my mentors and what had the biggest effect on me was you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have think and grow rich to, to be successful. You don't have to have it to get, you know, to get successful, at whatever it is you want, whether it's, you know, finances, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter what you're, what you desire, but I didn't understand how I had done it. So I went from basically when I was 15, I was homeless and, you know, living on my own. I'd been kicked out of school in the ninth grade. So I was uneducated. And within the next 15 years, I had went from 15 to to age 30 and and went from homeless to, you know, selling my first company for, you know, $6 million. And once that was done, and this is when the stock market crashed in 2000, I basically lost everything. And... I had thought to myself that, well, I was just lucky. You know, that it was a fluke. Uh, there was no reason why for me to do that. You know, I was just lucky. It'll never happen again. So the biggest thing I got from Think and Grow Rich and why I'm so, so passionate about it is it's actual law. I look back at what I did and how I did it. I unknowingly followed the, all the principles in Think and Grow Rich. I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of following people that I looked up to. I was, you know, I had some mentors, you know, I had, you know, people that I was, you know, trying to emulate. I I was doing these things. I was passionate as hell about the company and what I wanted to do. I, you know, as persistent as F, no one was going to stop me from doing what I was going to do. But I didn't know that that was actually part of the system. I didn't know that that was the law. I didn't, you know, so, so when all that happened, I thought, well, you know, I'm starting over from ground you know, from basically ground zero uh, and had no idea. So that's when I actually got the book was actually after I had done all that. And then that's when it clicked. It was like, holy shit, there's a, there's this, I, I can reproduce that over and over again. And was that really the first day? So you got the book, you, was, uh, you were hitting rock bottom, I'm, I'm going to call it. You, you saw that book, you, you got the book, you read it and immediately it clicked with you or you had to digest it a little bit because, I mean, um, yeah, the first time that I read it, I was like, whoa, what's this? That was, I had to, but now it's completely 
yeah, okay, that's, I won't call it second nature, but the first time that I read it, and I've, I've read it like 10 times, I've listened to his audio tape like 20 times during running. So it's a book that you need to keep on rereading again because it has a lot of levels. Absolutely. So back to the question. So did you connect immediately with the book? It was like a hard moment I, for you? Well, I connected immediately to the book at the level I was at. So okay. here to me, here, here's one of the most beautiful things about Think and Grow Rich is it is one of those books that will meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you make $20,000 a year. I don't care if you're a CEO that's making $10 million a year. That book will meet you where you're at, wherever it is. It doesn't matter what level you're at. So it met me where I was. And again, I had already done some amazing things. I had already done some, you know, things in my life that were absolutely amazing. I had done, you know, quite a bit of personal growth during that, you know, during that 15 yeah. years building the company. I just never knew or never understood until I got the book that there is a system. I, I, I literally, you know, you call that, uh, you know, the, the syndrome where, you know, you just don't think you belong. You don't think, you know, it was a fluke, uh, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I had imposter syndrome. It's like, well, this, I just got lucky as hell. And that's, that's why I made the, you know, that's why the company and that's, you know, and, and when I, the first time I read that book, I think that's when I at least had the shimmer of, oh my God, I can do this again. It wasn't a fluke. It was actually, it was done because of the things that I did. Absolutely. What the end, the end result was absolutely because of all of the things I did. And if I look back and I, I remember the things I did and I look at Think and Grow Rich, it's like, you can't have one without the other. You, you have to, whether you read the book and understand it and reproduce it over and over again, or you do it on yourself, do it by yourself and you become, you know, wildly successful, you're doing the same exact thing. You just don't know what you're doing. And that's what really stuck out is, and I think that's, that's maybe partially why it made more sense to me when I read it the first time is I had, I could see that already, I could already see the full spectrum of the book and what I had done in the past. I'd already done all those things. I just didn't realize what I had done. Yeah, I had a similar uh, experience because uh, I read the book when I was 37. Yeah, something like that. So which, which was quite late. There's nothing too late. But around 30, we also sold our company. So and I also thought I was just at the right moment at the right time surfing the right wave. Huh? Yep. Um, and I was I was like, yeah, the stars were aligned and I was just there. At the same time, I wasn't the most happy or fulfilled man. Uh, I was really living from my head. But when I read that book, then immediately my perspective shifted from focusing on the, 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 the destination, more on the journey. So really focusing on the process. Right. And... Also, the fact of the masterminds where he explained he created actually a mastermind virtually in his head mm -hmm. with, yeah. with all the, 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 the people even, even who were dead. That was like, I, when the first time when I read that, I, I was quite, what the hell is that? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it's the things in the book. So in other words, and I think one of the most important things that he talks about is the mastermind. If any of your listeners, if there's one thing 
that you can do that will absolutely change your mind. It is get in what what he calls a mastermind. There's a lot of things that, you know, you and I both know there's a lot of things that are being called masterminds right now. But there's one thing that if you want to grow, get into what what in Think and Grow Rich, what he calls a mastermind. And that's getting more than a few people together yeah. in the same room or on the same Zoom. And when you, as he says, when you get two or more people together, you create a third more powerful mind. And I go back, so I go back to, again, when I was building my company, every, I didn't know what a mastermind was. I had no idea. I'd never heard the term. I'd never, nothing. But every idea that I got for my company came when I was sitting around like-minded friends and people I looked up to, some, some very wealthy people, and I was in their presence. Yep. It wasn't a, quote, mastermind, but I was in their presence. And all of my ideas came out of that. And that's when I put, you know, so that's when I go back and I put two and two together. It's like, hold on. I didn't really come up with some of these ideas. These were part of a mastermind and they wouldn't have come up with ideas either without me. So that to me, that's the most beautiful thing about a mastermind is not one single person will ever come up with the same ideas as the group think does ever. So if there's one thing that you can do to increase your likelihood of success, it's join a mastermind. I don't care if it's a free mastermind like I had with friends. I don't care if it's a paid mastermind, uh, which I, I'm always in paid masterminds. I'm in normally two masterminds at any given time, just because the value that I get out of them is way bigger than the money I put into being in the masterminds. Well, very important yeah. is, of course, that the, the, uh, that's the, the total is more than the sum of the underlying parts. Very important is, of course, that the people who are in that masterminds are people who look for opportunities, who maybe are at a level, if you can call it like that, which is higher, or at least a level that you aspire to become. Right. Yeah. You never want to, to me, I never want to be the biggest fish in the mastermind. Hmm. If I'm if I'm the biggest fish in the mastermind, it's time to get another mastermind. And I've moved, I, I've moved different masterminds. And that. So that's one reason why I like a paid mastermind. So for instance, there's a mastermind that I'm in that we meet every two weeks. Uh, It's fairly inexpensive. It's like $500 a month that everybody pays into. But everybody that goes to it is dedicated to get something out of it. And that's, that's what a paid one does. When you have free ones, you have people that will miss the masterminds. I've, I've done them. Uh, you'll miss, they'll have missed the masterminds. You'll have people that aren't really in it. You'll have, but when you're in a paid, paid mastermind that's uh, put on by a professional person that does masterminds, uh, then that's when you really, people are there. They're there for a reason. And they're all different. So the people in my mastermind, none of them do the same thing I do. Mm-hmm. They're from all walks of, of life, well, you know, construction companies to whatever it is, doctors, uh, actually one's a lawyer. So all these different mm-hmm. mindsets and all these different thoughts uh, all coming together for uh, for the mastermind. But again, yeah, you, you want to have people kind of at the same level as you. So again, when we're talking about masterminds, you know, for instance, if I was in a mastermind with Tony Robbins, Elon Musk, uh, all these people, Richard I would Branson. offer, I would offer zero to that group. They're at a, they're at a much greater level than me. Their, their mindset's at a different level. So they, I, I would benefit that I would benefit from it, but they wouldn't benefit from me. So it's, 
it's almost like you, you remember when you were in high school and you had a group of friends that were, you, know, you had the jocks that all hung out. I hate, I hate to say it's like high school, but you really, it's kind of like high school, the masterminds. I mean, you, you got to be within your group and, and you out, here's the thing, you outgrow your group and you find a new group. Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful thing about it. But again, one of the best things for people to do is join a mastermind. Joining a mastermind to really scale, uplift your mindset. When did you discover, was, was that for you the, the secret of your transformation when you were 15 homeless to 15 years later having a successful company that you realized quite young that mindset is uh, for you the thing which is going to propel you and give you, I wouldn't call it a prosperous future? I think the, the turning point, so I was, I think, 16 at the time, and my then-girlfriend got pregnant. So, I mean, if you can imagine, I was 16 years old, uh, high school dropout, dropout of ninth grade. I was washing dishes and you know barely making it, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? So that's really when, when things clicked in my mind that, okay, Sean, it's time to you know, share, get off the pot. It's, you know, it's time to, to go do something. And that's when I think the first thing, it really is the desire to do something. I didn't, I had no idea how I was going to do it. Uh, I had no idea what to do. Again, I was uneducated. I, I didn't know anything, but I had an absolute desire with my son on the way. And then my son being born that I had to do something. I had to use my imagination and I had to do something to get out of where I was at. So that, that burning desire, that the only thing I cared about was getting better than I was. So that, again, I had no idea how masterminds, whatever specialized knowledge, any of the stuff that, you know, that the steps that are taught, the first thing is you have to be hell bent on doing whatever it is you desire. But there were no podcasts. There was no internet yet. I like officially public. I mean, what did you do? Buy cassette tapes, uh, uh, yeah. personal, uh, I don't know, uh, books or something from Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins? Or how did that happen? No, it was actually very little personal development. And so one of the things, and I think one of my gifts is I can kind of see big picture things. So one of the gifts I have, I can look at stuff and say, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something in that. So this was back in the 80s, and this is when personal computers were really first coming out. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was going to be an industry where I could I could do something in. Uh, you didn't have to have a degree. You, know, mm -hmm. you could go get certifications in Nobel or any of these yeah. other things and, and then go and, and do that as a career. And I thought, okay, I, I don't need this schooling. I can go get certified, start doing network stuff. And I really saw the big picture of, this is going to get, this is going to get big. You know, this is before the internet. This is before mm -hmm. really PCs. I mean, this is the very beginning of, of, of personal computers that, uh, you know, that people have. And that's really, and that's what my company was. I started one of the first, this is back in the nineties. I started the first high speed internet company in, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so it was high speed to homes and to, uh, to businesses. And all that came from the specialized knowledge that I'd gained through those 10 years of knowing that there was something in that industry that where I could absolutely not only survive, but I could thrive and I could utilize that in a way that nobody else has. So I, I, that's the imagination part of it is 
imagining how you can take something and make it better, reposition it, uh, utilize it more than it is. You know, it's kind of, you probably, I don't know if you ever remember those commercials, the BASF commercials, you know, we don't make yeah. the things you, you have, we make them better. That's yeah. kind of, that was my philosophy. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to make the computer. I'm not going to make there, but, but I can tie those things together. I can do these things and I could make it better than, than what you're doing now. Yeah. But the thing was you were in an environment, if I'm correct, uh, that uh, wasn't that stimulating for your mindset. I no. mean, yeah, I can't imagine that there were people hmm, around you who are cheering to you. Come on, Sean, let's do it. You can do it. You can believe in yourself. You have the capabilities. You can be whoever you want to be. It wasn't like that, I believe. Maybe maybe it was more just work for, I don't know, five bucks for, a, for an hour for dish or something or, or in McDonald's or something. Where, where did you get that? So, and I'm a huge proponent of... We, at least in the U.S., we have what I, what I consider a ladder system. You know, we, we start, we, we have a job, you know, we, and we do something. You make yourself better, then you move on to the next ladder. Then you move mm -hmm. on to the next ladder. And I saw those ladders and I saw, okay, if I do this and this, then I can move over to here and I can do this and this and I can move mm -hmm. over to there. So I, there was really on, not much personal development. It was all really just trying to survive and provide, you know, provide for, for my family. And, and if you would, if you would now, uh, the Sean, who you are right now, and if you would uh, have an, a DeLorean, the eighties, go back in time and you would meet the, the 16 year young Sean, what advice would you give him with the wisdom you have right now? Do everything you did but do personal development on top of it. So I did all of that stuff, but I never really grew from a personal development standpoint uh, during that time. I think that was my biggest fail was not, not even knowing, you know, I was just, I, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as, as personal development. So once, once that happened, you know, after the fact, you know, I wish like hell, I would have been able to have personal development back then to understand it. It's like, I was so underdeveloped from a person. I wouldn't even get on a, like a zoom. I would go into a boardroom. I could go into a boardroom of, of CEOs and say, you need to do this, you need to do this. But any public sector, I could not do anything. I couldn't get up and talk. I couldn't, I was so, uh, from a personal development standpoint, so off that that's where my biggest, my biggest need was. Mm, interesting. Now, um, if we're going to propel forward, I mean, is it because of those things that happened to you um, and you said, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to take a victim role. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the victor. Is that then the foundation for you that you say, okay, I want to give back and I'm going to educate people via my podcast, Thinking Big and all your coaching programs and training programs and masterminds that you are amongst others uh, specialized in, in inspiring maybe 16, 20 year olds, whatever, 30 year olds, people, doesn't matter the age, to, to get them to know Think and Grow Rich? Is that where your calling comes from? Yeah, and, and I think because it made such a big impact to me that had I known that stuff back then, I would have been, to me, much, I don't know, I don't want to say much more successful, 
but I would say I, w- I would have been much more impactful to the world by now. Uh, you know, I'm fairly successful. I have everything I want. I've got a great house, you know, my wife, by the way, is the same, same woman that was when I was 16, we've now been married. I got 33 wow. years, 32, 33 years. So I've been very successful, but I would have been more impactful. And that's why the book to me is so important. The things that Think and Grow Rich teaches, and, and here's the funniest thing is, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill didn't do anything. He didn't write anything. He documented what the successful people were doing. So he was basically like a knowledge broker of, you know, he went around and spent a lot of time. He, he did a lot. So, you know, I don't want to diminish what he did, but he didn't, these aren't concepts that he developed. You know, these aren't things that he thought of and, well, you got to do this and you got to do this. No, he documented the most successful people in the world at the time. This is what they were doing. That, that's why I'm saying, if you look at any successful person, I don't care if they're successful in athletics. I don't care if they're successful in, you know, in their career, in, in finance. It doesn't matter. They're going, you're going to see every, if you overlay Think and Grow Rich, the concepts and the principles over their life, it's going to be the exact same thing. What I, what, 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 what I really admired about uh, uh, Napoleon, I, I've never met a man in person, um, but uh, is the fact that he, uh, he was uh, with one of these, uh, his, I would call it, um, interviews with, uh, with a very famous um, person. He stayed there. He was like, he went with the train. He was not paid for it. And he stayed there for like literally for was it weeks or something to really yeah, write everything. Sorry. Yeah, Barnes with Edison. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he wrote everything everything down. Also, the fact that uh, I believe that his son did not see. He was blind with. Uh, uh, he was yeah. he was deaf. Yeah. yeah, he had no ears. Yeah. And he visualized. And he actually helped his son to hear again, if I'm correct. Yeah. Using the imagination. I'm telling you, we create everything we have. So no matter where you are in your life, whether it's you're not happy financially, you're not happy in your relationships, 100% goes back to your belief system and your mind. We've created everything we have. And, and that's... Yeah, and that's why I'm so passionate. But you know, that's one of the reasons why I do this with Think and Grow Rich is one of my things is they should teach this in school. These, these principles should be taught in school. If I can take someone that thinks that they're a nobody or they've got nothing and show them, well, you actually, you're not, you can actually change and you can actually do everything that you want to do. That's to me, that's the biggest win is because again, back when I was 16, I was, you know, I was hopeless, you know, society had given up on me. I was a, you know, a drug kid, uh, you know, dropout, you know, so society in the U.S. had pretty much given up on me. So if these principles could change that, there, it's unlimited. It's absolutely unlimited. So you're, wherever anybody is, it's because of the mind that they have. And I, the mindset I had back then is the reason I was doing what I was doing. It was the reason I was on drugs. It was the reason I dropped out of school. My mindset back then dictated what I was doing. Yeah. yeah, and you're very successful, and at the same time, I find you very humble. I've been, I've played both sides. <laughs> that's yeah. I, I think that's you know that's that's part of it is I remember what it was like to be poor as shit. <laughs> and, and and here's the thing, and and stuck, and and I remember that feeling of just complete 
there's got to be more in life than this because this sucks. And I, I remember that very clearly, you know, and I, I remember those times. And it's like, that's, I think, what keeps me, I try to be humble. I, you know, I try to help whenever I can. I try to, uh, to do that. And, and part of that comes from, hey, I've, I've been there. I know. And I also know that you have no excuses to, here's the thing. I, I was where I was because of, you know, things that I'd done, but I take full hundred percent responsibility over that, but it's also my responsibility to change. And yeah. it's hard to do that if you don't know how. So that's what, you know, a lot of my programs do. It teaches you how, and I, again, I don't care if you are a fresh person at a high school or dropout. I don't care if you're a CEO when you're stuck, it's all in the mindset and being stuck. I don't care what level you're at. It sucks. You, you think it's the end, you know, you think, well, you know, and I don't, it doesn't matter what level you're at. It's the same. It's all a perspective. Beautiful. Now you have a son. Uh -huh. did, did you have a son. Did you also teach him all these principles? And he was like, yeah, dad, bring it on. Or he was I, like, I think I taught him. So, you know, he was already, you know, 16, 17 before I, you know, sold the company and, and stuff. So he was pretty well grown, but I think he saw what I was doing. You know, he saw the dedication and he saw the work ethic. He saw, you know, the thinking outside the box. And, you know, so I think he saw that. And what's funny is, you know, I was a high school dropout and he's, he's got a PhD in nuclear, you know, oh, physics. Okay. <laughs> it's a complete, a complete shift. So yeah, my daughter, uh, which is now, God, she's 28, you know, she owns a nice uh, salon. And so they're very successful. So I never, I wish I would have learned this stuff much sooner and been able to taught them, teach them at that level. But I think they, I think they were taught at a seeing level, watching it, you know, unfold, watching it, uh, watching it happen. So I think, you know, I, I think they definitely learned from it. Uh, maybe not directly from like Think and Grow Rich, but learned from the principles again, I was successful only because I followed the principles in the book. I just didn't know the book. You, you recently did a Think and Grow Rich. Uh, it was it a challenge or was it kind of a program? And it, what I remembered, it was for free. Yeah, it still is. I still do that program for free. So it's a Think and Grow Rich. It's a 14-day challenge. And basically, it, there's 13 steps in the book. And there's actually a bonus, uh, the first chapter, which is really probably one of the best chapters. It wasn't even in the original book. It wasn't even a, a chapter. Uh, absolutely one of the, one of the best. So all 14 of those uh, in a different daily challenge. So each day you've got a challenge you've got a challenge on the desire chapter. You've got a challenge on the faith, the auto suggestion. You know, every one is a different day and a different challenge. Some of the challenges took an hour and a half. Some of them took two hours for people after, you know, after the, you know, after, you know, the, the video and after the, you know, the kind of the program that I did with them. And uh, after 14 days, every one of them absolutely understood the book better. Uh, they understood the tools. So I developed tools for each of the steps. Mm -hmm. You know, the, one of the biggest things, again, this book meets you where you're at. So there's so many ways you can take what is being said in the book. So I, you know, kind of designed a tool for each one that, has you do steps that are in each, uh, you know, steps that are in each one of the steps of, of, of Think and Grow Rich. And uh, did it for free, still up there for free. Now, at the, the first one, when I did it live, it was actually $40 to, to do it. But 
all that money was given to uh, Feeding yeah. America. So it was free for them. I wanted to create something that gave back. I wanted to create something that would, if they're going to pay $40, and if they, here's the thing, they had to finish it for the money to go to Feeding America. So it had they had a little responsibility, uh, but they got, you know, they basically got the training for free. They got to donate, you know, $40, which was 400 meals to Feeding America. So it was a great thing, and I've used it. So I've now, you know, it's recorded. I did it live. Uh, it's now recorded, and it's up there for free for anybody to go, and they'll, they'll all 14 steps are there. Uh, there's a worksheet, you know, a, a, a challenge each day. And some of the challenges, again, take a little while. Some of them take 30 minutes. Uh, but if you do that 14-day challenge, I guarantee, even if you don't do it in 14 days, uh, I guarantee you will have a much better understanding of the book. And you will have a pretty damn good game plan for how to move forward with whatever, whatever area of your life eh? because yeah. the, ri the rich part is not only about money eh? it's real it's also it's more bigger than that you can actually define the definition rich for yourself eh? absolutely and that's the biggest thing to me that is the biggest misconception that think go rich is people just assume it's about money it's funny i'll promote stuff on like facebook and i'll, I'll even when i was promoting this for free so i would do some ads to get you know some Facebook ads and this is a free think and grow rich, you know, come in absolutely free. And I would get comments like you're the devil. Everything's about money with you. I'm like, one, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I feel bad. It's like, listen, if you don't want to be, you know, if you want to be rich in philanthropy, if you want to be rich in your relationships, if you want to be rich in your faith, if you're, you know, if you go to church, if you want to be rich, how can you possibly say, I'm evil for being thinking grow rich in, but the, everybody assumes it's money. And that's, to me, that's the biggest downfall of that book is the, the way it was named. Because yeah. it's absolutely, has, as a matter of fact, if you look at all 13 steps, there is not a single mention of money. None. No. Not a single mention. So that's the biggest, you know, the biggest hurdle that people have is they just automatically assume that it's, you know, a financial book. And it's about greed. Were you aware that uh, Stephen Coffey, with his uh, Seven Habits of Effective People, was actually loosely based on Think and Grow and Grow Rich? I wasn't aware of that. Every so here's the thing, and I don't want to say people take it from Think and Grow Rich, but these are the steps that every successful person follows, knowingly or not. So you have to have these. So if, if you go to, I don't care if you go to Tony Robbins, I don't care if you, whoever you look at, it's all based on Think and Grow Rich. Whether it's based on Think and Grow Rich or not, it's based on the laws of success. That's it. It's a law. I don't care if the law of gravity, if I drop a rock here, yeah. it's going to drop the same as it drops there. And I don't care how many people have their input on, on why it falls. It's still a law. It's still going to fall. And, and so, yeah, I think almost everything I see. So once you get to know the book and you really know the, you know, the steps and stuff, I don't care who I look at, what book I look at on personal development, they all follow Think or Grow Rich in, in a way, in their own words. And they might, again, they might not have ever even read Think and Grow Rich. I'm not saying people have copied it, but it's a law. So if they're writing about the law, it's going to be the same law. And that's, that's the thing. So it, to me, it's the grandfather of, of, uh, and, and part of this book was actually taking from, uh, 
God, he actually took part of it from uh, As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. Yep. James yep. Allen. So I think part yep. of this book was, so it, they all tie, yeah, they all tie together. But I think this is probably the best, for me, the best all around book. And most accessible. Uh, most, yeah. And again, the book meets you where you're at. I don't care what level you're at, you will get, and every time I read Thinker or Rich, it changes. <laughs> you That's give me something. You give me so much joy and passion. I'm going to, after this recording, I'm going to reread it again, Sean, because you tell it so much passion. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 a game changer. And it's, uh, again, I don't care. Whenever I read it, it's I, I read something brand new and I'm like, they just put that in here. There's no way I read this book a hundred plus times and I've never read that. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way. But it's just, it's the, it's the magic of the book. Your, your mind picks up on things where you're at and what makes what makes sense to you at the time there were certain concepts in the beginning when i uh read it which uh for me were difficult to grasp at that time like he is mentioning the fact that our brains we have some kind of receiver and a sender yep. we 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 uh, which sounds for me quite esoteric uh at the time which now for me is completely normal. Uh, and also the fact that uh, he was talking about imagination, fate, visualization. Mm-hmm. These concepts at the time when I wrote, uh, I read the book, these were, yeah, it sounded like hocus pocus to me because Absolutely. I was a very, I was a very left brain guy, very rational figures, objectives. And did, this didn't fit in my science way of thinking. While now I'm thinking completely different, of course. How 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 was that for you? Yeah, and that's 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 a biggie that people have to to get over. So I I didn't grow up where I was uh, like religious or anything, but if you don't get to a point where you're, you're at least spiritual, you're not going to get this book. And I don't mean religious by any means. No. I, I'm meaning we are a spiritual being inside of a physical body. And I don't care how you, there's something out there. I don't call it God. There is a universe out there. So if I, I choose to call it, you know, universe or infinite intelligence or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. but I like to think of things like imagination and, and thoughts. We don't have our own thoughts. I I truly think we have absolutely zero thoughts. We're we're transmitters and receivers in our mind. And if you think about it, we pick up things. So I think one of the best illustrations for me, one of my mentors said is, think about it right now. In the room you're at, you have country music. Well, I don't know there, but you have talk radio, country music, rap music, rock music, everything. It's all there. And if you take a device and you pick up on that frequency, you now have, you can now listen to that. To me, ideas are the exact same way. Correct. And these ideas have been around forever and ever. It's like, for instance, the Wright brothers, they didn't invent flying. They didn't invent no, crap. They were not the first. They, didn't, they, they did not invent aerodynamics. They didn't invent gravity. They didn't invent, They became aware of an idea. That idea, that same exact idea could have been, someone could have been made aware of it a thousand years before that. The idea is out there in the ether, and that's the thing. And here's the biggest problem that I see with my with my clients and with people I'm coaching is we get these bright ideas and we get these we get these ideas, 
to me and they come from the ether. They come from, you know, we put stuff out. I want to know this, or I want to do this and we'll get something back. And then we'll say, that's a stupid idea and go on. It's like those, that's infinite intelligence. That's the universe coming back and talking to us on questions that we've asked. And we, we normally ignore it because our current awareness of where we're at, we don't think about our potential. We think, we think our potential is currently where I'm at. This is the potential I have. So when we get these ideas that are outside of our current realm of, uh, we think, oh, that's stupid. That'll never work. And that's, so I absolutely agree with that, that it's a transmit receive and everything we do is energy based on, you know, out, out in the ether, out in the infinite intelligence. We do not have our own ideas. We've become aware of them. So there is no such a thing as coincidence. No, I don't, I think it's on purpose. I think it's, you know, absolutely on purpose. And that's why, so it's, it's funny, you know, there, there's so many books on, on things like where you can talk to people without talking to people, you know, uh, I can't remember what they, what they call it, but you can across the world, someone can think of something and someone can, and it happens to people and we just don't realize it. So, so for instance, uh, there's probably been times in your life where you thought about someone and then they've called. Uh, there's times where you've thought about something and then something happened. It's not a, it's, it's a designed thing. You're putting stuff out into the universe. The universe is giving us stuff back. And I think that's one of the things that this book shows you is how you can, how you can do that, how you, that's what a mastermind is. You get together and you tap into this infinite intelligence. You tap into what they call the mastermind. It's not our mind. It's not your mind. It's the mind. It's the mastermind that you tap into and it's all frequency. It's all energy. It's all, yeah. But this is actually a thing we are experiencing right now with some kind of flow state co-creation modus because I actually did not prepare any question. Of course, I knew what <laughs> I wanted to ask, but I give myself over, I tune into that, into, into that infinite intelligence. And I'm very grateful for you because actually you are the one because I, because you, 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 we were in some kind of Facebook group and you asked who wants to join my podcast. And I was like, hmm, I want to do this. I have never done it before. And I was like, damn, this is great. It felt really <laughs> uncomfortable for me because I was a virgin. So you, how do you say that you, you diversionized me uh, for, in the world of podcasting? But I owe you so, so much. And the week after that, I did the same in my own format. And so... You're a big inspiration, but the thing that we are doing right now is that mini mastermind where this is the proof that we are not physically sitting together, but right. I can feel the energy right now between us and the conversation and the, and the passion building up. And yeah. it's incredible to feel that. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it's, that's what it's all about. And that, and again, that to me, that's why I, I love the, the book. I mean, that's, that's what it teaches and you can, Oh God, I could literally teach on think and grow rich for eight weeks to somebody eight weeks straight teaching just on that book i mean it's it's that you can get that deep on it that is, deep. Is, is that now the focus of your coaching business no but it's the foundation so i i love to take people from not knowing to knowing I, so a lot of my, so I, I've got a, a thinking big uh, mastermind, uh, not, not like a master. I've got a thinking big workshop, let's call it, that incorporates some of the stuff from, from Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. uh, but my goal is to take someone that, that doesn't know 
why they think the way they do, that they don't know how to think. Uh, people think they know how to think, but people, most people aren't thinking at all and teach them how to do that. So I, I use a lot of the Think and Grow Rich philosophies in the stuff that I do. I teach Think and Grow Rich as a kind of a side thing. I do challenges. I do things because I think it's such a, it can absolutely change anybody's life. I don't care who you are. And up, you, again, you talk to Tony Robbins, you talk to any of them, uh, Jim Rohn, they all reference this book as being part of what they've, what they've done. That's what they teach. If you listen Everybody. to Jim Rohn, if you live to Jim Rohn or even Brian Tracy, it's yep. think and grow rich all the way. Yep. Yep. And it's the only way. And again, think and grow rich is not its own thing. It, it's, it's laws of 500 people. Here's exactly what they did. Here's, you know, here, it, it's a step-by-step. -step. You know, I like to say like, if I was to go through a landmine, you know, a landmine is, it's a part of land that they put bombs in. How are you going to go across that landmine? Me, I know how I'm going to go across it. I'm going to watch you go across it. And I'm going to do every step that you do exactly as you do it. Because if you get to the other side successfully, guess what? If I do those same steps, I'm going to get across successfully too. And now if I deviate, I might blow up. <laughs> you know, so th that's what this book is. It's, it's a roadmap of everybody that's, that's been successful. And that's the biggest misconception about being successful is that people think that they are not born in the right family, that they don't have the right funds, that they don't have the right degree, uh, or they don't have the looks, or they don't have the, the knowledge, whatever. And they think, I cannot achieve that. Yeah. And I can tell you 100%, I have, it's never, anybody who's failed, I don't care who you are, it's never been a lack of resources. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough time. They weren't born on the right side of the track. They don't have this. They don't have that. It's a lack of resourcefulness. A hundred percent. Never take responsibility for where you are. It's your responsibility to change. It's, you're not responsible for where you've been. You know, you were born into where you are, but it's our responsibility to change our outcome. And it's, it's always resourcefulness. If, if you are resourceful enough, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're a 15 year old dropout kid with a, you know, a child on the way. If you're resourceful enough, you will make it. You'll succeed. It's, it's always resourcefulness. It's literally that life is happening for you, not at you, yep. to you. Now, you, I also assume you are aware of the fact that he wrote a uh, Think and Grow Rich with Peace of Mind. Yeah. Did you also read that? I assume you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, find, I find it also a very interesting, yeah, add-on perspective. Because some people were, after they were successful, they were like, whoop, it's gone. And some that even go went further, become more successful. And especially some parts of that book, which were which are more spiritual and deeper than the Think and Grow Rich, uh, it's also very interesting to read. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's so much stuff out there that that he's produced, like the Law of Success. That that he's got, uh, I think it's 13 separate volumes. Yeah, the Law of I've never actually seen the true. Uh, it's like a 13 volume set of each one of the uh, each one of the things, but it's uh, uh, you know I've seen a kind of a combination. You know I've got the Law of Success, obviously, but uh, yeah, there's so much stuff that that he has that. Is, is such great 
great works. I don't care what you read on his. It's he he did a very good job in uh, combining the you know combining the the data that he got and his experiences. I mean, he he had quite a few experiences himself. If you would uh, meet Napoleon Hill today on a conference, if we can meet each other physically, what would you tell him? I would say thanks for doing where you, thanks for being persistent in doing what you did because that documentation that he did of, of this is absolute gold. And again, it took him 20 years to do this. It's not like he went out and just kind of wrote something and, and interviewed a few people. He, I would love to pick his mind on all the people he sat with. So when he did this, he actually got to sit with, you know, all these people, Edison, he, he got to sit and interview them. And, and talk with them. I mean, can you imagine? It's like me going and, and you know, nowadays and sitting down with Elon Musk and, and Richard Branson and, you know, uh, all these people and actually getting to sit down and, and pick their brains for years. It wasn't just a one-time thing. I mean, he like, so to me, that was, I, I don't know how he did. I mean, Carnegie obviously yeah. got him to that, but that alone would be great to sit down and, you know, thanks for being persistent and thanks. I mean, it was a 20-year thing he did i mean it was a lifelong it was a lifelong project for him yeah because and, i because i remember his first books that he were published they were not uh, successful eh? it was uh, right. i i even thought that the publisher did not believe in the think and grow rich uh if i'm correct yeah yeah and it's uh and again it only got published the way it did was because after the the great depression and that's what you know everybody was scared about what everyone needed and that's kind of how he combine that to create think and grow rich uh but yeah it's uh i don't think you could write a book like that nowadays with but the, but but the the book went wouldn't call it viral but he was already in his 60s i believe he was yeah. already quite old eh? it yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't like he he could enjoy the i would say the fame if you can call it like that uh, yeah. or his fortune I, it was only after uh Pretty late yeah yeah and that's the thing i don't think people i think it was way ahead of his time the yeah. book was and that's why i mean the book is literally 90 years old and it is it was, yeah it was 1930 it's you know now 2020 so it's 90 years that he you know when it was written or at least when it was uh you know as, as uh, released as a book and to go that distance and be more relevant today, I don't think anybody could actually do that now. No, because people talk about machine learning, AI, deep yeah. learning, uh, I don't know, clouds, uh, whatever, uh, um, data lakes, all that kind of technology, yeah. virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, uh, robots are going to take the world. Yeah, and I don't think so. I, I think you know. So he didn't get a lot of the benefit from the book because you know he wrote it, and and again, people didn't do anything with it for. I think it had only sold maybe a couple million copies before like the '60s and '70s. But then the amazing thing happened where we started looking at the mind because this whole book is about. I mean, it's about mindset and and really thinking grow rich. It's thinking into what we want. That was all woo-woo crap for so long. But then you had things like uh, oh, Maxwell Marx on uh, psycho-cybernetics, and you had all of these fantastic books on the mind and how the mind actually operates. And the, you know, the, you know, that's when all the like the conscious and subconscious we started, we still don't know shit about our mind. 
but that's when we started to learn about that. And that's when this book really kind of picked up. It's like, hold on, there is something to this. And now there's a name to it. So he would do stuff back in, back then about, you know, doing all these, uh, you know, like an imagination on, you know, imaging yourself, doing these, seeing the things. And it was just hogwash back then. It was true, but people saw it as hogwash until the science then, you know, in the 60s and 70s, things started coming out that, oh, there, there's a name for this. There's, you know, psychocybernetics. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it's an actual thing. And that's, I think that's when it really picked up. Yeah, with the quantum mechanics and the quantum physics, which already started around uh, the 30s, 40s. Um, I mean, like the book, which was very huge, beginning of 2000, or what is it? Uh, the Secret is for me just... Yeah. It's a condensed version of, of Think and Grow Rich, which is, yeah. it's a very commercial light version. And hmm, I it's think it, yeah. it, it's great to start, but then you have to go into the real stuff and, and go yeah. deep in Think and Grow Rich if you want to really uh, know how it needs to be done. Because think uh, the secret is a little too light, I believe. Yeah, it gives a good overview. But yeah, it's real light. And again, I think Think and Grow Rich is one of those books you cannot read once. So. You will absolutely, it will make no sense to you if you just read it one time. And that's why so many people, they'll get it, they'll read a little bit of it, and they'll put it on the shelf until they're ready for it. And then they'll finally dig in. But you don't fully understand Think and Grow Rich, or at least the principles, until you've read it at least 10 times, at a minimum 10 times. And then you start getting it, you know, you start saying it. That's when, you know, I, when I, you know, matter of fact, one of the things in the challenge is, the very first day I have them read, uh, you know, part of the challenge is you have to read the the the, the chapter on persistence, uh, chapter nine, uh, fourteen days straight. That's part of that's part of the challenge. You got to read that that chapter uh, fourteen times every day. If you miss, you start over. Fourteen days straight, because literally you've got to you've got to do that in order to really capture, you know, some of the stuff in there. And, <laughs> That, that that program did that come to you also or uh I, you you were thinking i'm going to do such a program and then you created these these exercises that was also so something. yeah i created i created these exercises specifically for the challenge uh but i, I had been teaching think and grow rich as a kind of a workshop uh like an eight-week program where you know every week we get on a call and we do you know the a chapter one or two of the chapters we discuss it, uh, and then there's some talk about it. I answered some questions. And then uh, I'd say early in the year, you saw a lot of people doing challenges. And you saw you know, the Rise Up challenges. You saw these challenges, which is a very good way to get people involved and a very good way to get people motivated. for. A, a, it's much easier to get someone motivated for seven days or for 14 days yeah. for like eight weeks. And so I created all the challenges specifically for it. And uh, so it's, it's based on, it's their challenges. So it's, it's not like, so it's not a book learning. So if you go through the challenge, you have, you don't ever have to have read Think and Grow Rich to do the, the challenge. You could be fresh off the boat, never reading it and get true value out of the challenge. Now, Sean, within 10 years, who is Sean? <sighs> who knows right now? Uh, my goal is to impact as many people as I can. I, so my, my, my vision would be being up on stage and impacting people like Tony Robbins and, and others. That's truly where my passion is. And that's where I'm at. 
And if it's, even if it's not for a financial gain, so here's the thing, it's great to make money at it. It's great to do that, but to actually impact someone's life, that's, that's really where, where it's at. And I know for a fact that if I create things for people that have them challenge and have them learn and have them grow, I will get stuff on the back end. To me, you cannot get until you give. That's one of my philosophies is you can never get until you give. So if I give enough, without a, without a doubt, I will get. So you, you confirm also, which is also my philosophy, if you focus, if your goal, if you focus just on the money, the money will not come. You'll but never win. You, but, but if you focus on, on being a man on a mission, on a purpose, doing good, creating value for other people as a side effect, you will gain lots of money and also well, lots of luck because it feels fantastic to see people grow. Absolutely. And that's, and again, that's one reason why I don't uh, monetize my podcast. I do it because I grow, my listeners grow. It's not about making money. It's about providing value to people. And if they, here's the thing, if you listen to one of my podcasts and you get one idea, one idea can be worth a tremendous amount to someone's life, not just financial, but one idea can change your relationship. One idea can change your perspective on life. One idea can change what you do. And it goes back to, have, have, you, have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? Of course, yeah, of course. I'm a true believer of the butterfly effect. One thing that you do, if you get one thing from one of my podcasts, that can absolutely change the entire trajectory of your life. So yeah. that's why I do it. That's, and that's why I love it. N and never pondered. Uh, never looking at making money on it all about value yeah it's the same for me i mean uh, the, the so my podcast i think you are now the 57th guest so for me the circle is round um because it started with you and if i see all these people i don't know who are sending me messages of i le learned that from that guest and i started to do this or start to do that and mindset because in, in Europe, mindset, the mindset thing, we are a little bit behind than the US. Yeah? And it's like, no, mindset, mindset, mindset. And it's changing um, it rapidly. Of course, of, due to YouTube, net, the, the internet, uh, I mean, it's, it's very flat the world. And uh, I get so much energy and so much, yeah, it, it kind of it, it described that feeling no money can replace that feeling because you touch somebody's life and somebody's heart. And it's like putting a stone in the, in the flow of the river and that river is not going to be the same flow again. It's, it's changed that direction. Yeah. And you've made a change to it. And you can put a piece of sand in there and you've changed. You've changed it. it might not be a lot, but you've changed it. One piece of sand. Uh, what is still for you, but I mean, then within 10 years, you will be together with me <laughs> in, Las <laughs> in Las Vegas, speaking to like 10,000 of people, inspiring them. What is for you a crazy dream then? Well, a crazy one, eh? I mean, do you want to play in a, I don't know, in a, in, a, in a Hollywood movie or something or win the Tour de France? Because I know you're a big cyclist fan. Uh, what is a crazy, crazy dream, which sounds a little impossible. So this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to be a rapper. <laughs> like a rapper, rapper, 
like uh, Ice T and Dr. Dre, Dr. That's Sean. Nice. If, anybody, if anybody listening knows Ice T or Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg, have them call me. I want to be a rapper. That's my. <laughs> People think I'm crazy when I say that. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm a musician, as you know. I'm a guitar player, but uh, I recently learned how to sing. And for, um, for we, we play like party cover things, and uh, one song is, uh, you know, it is from 1979, and it's the first hip hop rap uh, song ever. It was based on the the baseline of Good Times from Chick. It says, of course, it said hip hop, hip 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 hop, hip hop, and so on. Yep. So rappers delight, and I had to study that to rap that. And the first time when I did it, like for like 2,000 people, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is I'm going to do?" But once you start doing that, it's it's <laughs> the same again. I mean, if you believe you are a rapper, it you will be a rapper. If you believe you are a YouTuber or a podcaster. You are one. Yep. So don't say I'm going to rap, but I am a rapper. I'm a, I'm a rapper, but not a very good rapper yet. But it's it's <laughs> it's it's, it's, pro, it's progress. Eh? I mean, it's it's something that you, I mean, uh, literally for the gig, I was uh, well, because there are no gigs anymore. I mean, there are some virtual gigs, but um, I was literally literally in my car. YouTube on, and of course the sound of YouTube, backing track, uh, Rapper's Delight, so I get that bass line, and then I was like, said, hip hop, hip hop, and then, we'll, and then I'll, I'm, I'm going to, uh, Rapper's Delight, uh, Delight is around 108 BP, BPM, beats per minute, and then it will look like a, a drum, ba drum backing track, a hip hop drum backing track around 115, 120, so inc I increased the speed, and then I did it again, so, so I could, fall and stumble over my words as a hip hop hip hip but the thing is when you then come live you're ready and yeah. you're you you are prepared so you imagine yourself yeah i'm in the stage and like that rapper thing yeah? you, you imagine it like dr dre and you're like said hip hop hit a bit hit a bit hip hip hop you don't stop you get that feeling and it's <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's uh it's and do you do, are you a fan of a particular rapper it's, it's oh, dr dre like or but I, I, so here's the thing, people, and again, people think I'm nuts, but I run to rap all the time. So the beats keep me running great. So I'll, I'm always, whenever I'm out running, I'm always listening to running to rap. All that between 170 and 180 BPM, always. And um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're about to kick off season two of your podcast, Thinking yeah. Big Sean. I mean, yeah. you're going to record a new intro. Why don't you rap like, hey, oh. man, I am Sean. I'm here to bring you thinking back. Enjoy my <laughs> podcast and change your life. Something I might, like that. I might have to do season three or I'll, I'll, I'll hire a rapper to do it. <laughs> come on. Come on. You have to start somewhere. That's right. Yep. Maybe I'll, I'll have to think about that. That's a challenge. I'm going to buy your records, LA records on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you, you, then you can do that Wolfpack thing. You know Wolfpack? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I am a big fan of them. You know what they did? They recorded a, a, a CD, a record, with nothing on it, and they put it on Spotify, and they asked their fans to listen to it. And with that money, they, they, they actually recorded their first record. <laughs> and they went on CNN for that. Yeah. Oh, that's genius. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. They asked their fans to play it at night, so there was nothing. There was silence. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, they were ching, ching, ching. You have to be creative, eh? That's the imagination, yep. Absolutely. Sean Osborne, I want to thank you so very much for being you, for being, to taking the time, because we missed each other a couple of times. Man, it's been months we've been trying to do this. <laughs> but we're finally there. And Peter, thank you so much for having me having me on. It's been uh, it's been a blast. And God, it, it, God March time frame when we were last together. And yeah, let's definitely uh, keep touching and let's do another uh, another episode here of coming up next year. Yeah. Wish you all all the best, all the best, lots of success. Uh, uh, thank let's you. Stay, let's stay connected and all good. good. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Sean. All right. I'll talk Bye. to you later. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's On Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye.